I'll just pick the stupidest thing Michael says. I don't say anything make stupid. The I'll have you know. There you go, right there. <laughs> Welcome back to the Admissions Uncovered podcast. It's the college admissions podcast for the students, by the students. As usual, my name is Michael Gao, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Dominic and Nee. But this week, we have a very, very special episode. We're going to have a guest on. His name is William. William, why don't you introduce yourself for our listeners? Hi there. Uh, my name is William, and I've been uh, homeschooled since the fourth grade, and I'm a senior this year. Yeah, so I know we've been talking a lot about college admissions, how to get into college, how to choose between colleges, especially now, but we thought it'd be interesting to talk about college admissions and just like school in general from a different perspective because, you know, Dominic, me, me, we've all gone to public schools that are, you know, fairly big um, for in our lives, whereas we've never been homeschooled. Um, so I, we thought it would be really interesting to figure out what the heck homeschooling is like. So that's what we're going to do today. So I guess my my first opening question, and I, I know this is going to be broad, but we'll get into it. William, did you like being homeschooled or did you not like being homeschooled? That's a pretty, uh, it's hard to elaborate, but um, there are things I like about it and things I don't like. Um, overall, I think it's uh, made me a unique person a lot. I'm probably a different person than I would have been uh surrounded by my peers and uh, growing up in that environment. So um, it's definitely contributed to my personality and what I value. So what was the transition like from, you said you started to be homeschooled in fourth grade, right? So what was kind of like the transition yeah. between, um, as in like a public school and then being homeschooled? The transition was pretty weird. Um, mostly my mom just kind of had to work really hard and experiment with things, figuring out structure. And of course, back then I didn't really have the maturity to perhaps cooperate as, uh, <laughs> you know, like kind of in elementary school, you screw around a little bit. And then once you uh, reach high school, that maturity comes and you kind of understand uh, why school is important. But um, yeah. So, you know, back then, uh, my mom just had to experiment. We tried things to figure out a structure, and uh, when we'd regularly uh, meet for stuff, when we study, when we work on things, um, and the transition was um, transition was pretty weird. And um, mostly, it was just about experimenting and uh, trial and error for a little while, and then uh, eventually, we figured it out. So can you kind of describe a little bit of that structure, uh, what it's like being homeschooled? Okay, sure. The structure really came in starting around like 7th or 8th grade. Um, we I'd regularly meet with mom for like math and whatever. And uh, that continued and uh, that continued all the way until I started taking classes at the college. Um, and uh, that was in that was in high school I started taking classes at the at the community college. Oh, so like when you were in middle school and finishing up elementary school, it was all your mom teaching you, but then in high school you started working with like community college professors? Correct. That's correct. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess like one of the clear differences I see already, right, is that your teacher at home is probably going to be a parent early on, whereas your teacher in a public school like we did is going to be some kind of like random figure to you, at least early on in the school. So what was it like having your mom as a teacher? Your mom grading your papers, your mom like checking on in on attendance. Um, what Because, you know, for us, for us three, you know, our parents dealt with the home life, then we went to school and dealt with teachers. And they were kind of like two separate worlds. If we didn't do our laundry at home, our teachers wouldn't get mad at us for it at school, right? So, mm-hmm. so like, what was it like having your mom as kind of a dual role as both, you know, the parent and the teacher? Well, it was more personal probably than, um, than just some teacher you have in regular school and that um, she knew she could tell uh, what kind of issues might be causing things and um, and perhaps more immediately address issues. Um, I mean, I know that teachers in uh, regular school are, are kind of limited to, uh, they have all these people to deal with and, uh, and difficulty and, and perhaps um, interpreting issues and helping people individually because there is too much to do. But in this case, uh, just having one teacher with, you know, me and my brother, um, it was simple and closed off enough. And that also she was there, she was, she's there all the time. So it's immediately obvious what any issue could be. And, uh, and school and personal life kind of melded together where, there's no before or after school anymore. It's just always the same thing. There's no uh, separation, if that makes sense. So you mentioned your brother. Um, is he also homeschooled? Yeah, that's correct. He is. I have two brothers, uh, so what actually. Is, are, are both of them homeschooled? Yes, they are. So personally, I have a brother, too. Um, I could not imagine like being homeschooled with him all the time. I he, That would not end up well. Um, oh my so how does that how does that dynamic work out well i i see people and they're usually the people who are really good friends with their brothers and other people aren't um i'm the kind of guy i get along with my brother and we do things together we work on projects and stuff we're uh more or less friends and that makes up for what we lack for in other areas i guess uh but it's kind of a nice collaborative thing i guess um and that we're friends, but uh, we're brothers in that sense. I wonder if there's like a chicken and the egg thing here, because on one hand, you can definitely say like your brother and you or like my brother and me just like vibe very well. And so that's why homeschooling works and having your mom as a teacher works because you're a very close knit family. But I also wonder if it was the homeschooling that led to the close relationship, because you know, just from my experience, you know, I also have a little brother and we kind of have our own separate friend groups, obviously, because we go to a big public schools where we each, you know, have, or like basically two different sections, two different like schools within the larger complex of schools. So we each kind of had our own worlds. So we were obviously not as close and didn't spend as much time together as if we were homeschooled. So, so what do you think, William, is it, is it, is it, you know, you were just close always and the homeschooling made that work? Or do you think the homeschooling brought you closer together? 
we were always close. We always have been. Um, but one might say that maybe it's uh, even a prerequisite for homeschooling that mm. uh, you get along with your siblings because uh, in this situation, uh, we end up spending a lot of time together. So uh, more or less, it's a requirement to make it tolerable. So I'm curious about, like, what would be a typical day of, like, homeschool? Like, from, would it be from, like, 9 to, what, 4? Like, a normal school? Or is there, like, a different way that you guys do it? Especially because you mentioned earlier, and this statement's, like, stuck in my mind, that school and home have melted together because, you know, your brother is both your classmate and your brother. Your mom is both your teacher and your parent. And you're both learning and living in your house. So I guess, yeah, like, please, please tell us, like, what's it, what is it like to, to do that in, in your house with your family? Well, one of the things I really like and remember from school was um, some of the structure. I don't really, I'm not one of those people who gets up late. I always, I'm always really, I'm always really early and I always like to get everything done and follow a schedule. Just How early kind in the of morning person. do you wake up? Oh, when I was younger, I used to get up earlier. I remember uh, I I used to get up at 5 or 6. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Michael tried that for a week. It, yeah. It, it was good for the week, and then the weekend hit, <laughs> and I realized I really like sleeping. <laughs> I woke up at, I think, 11 a.m. today. Yeah. All right. I mean, the latest I think I've ever slept in is about 9 o'clock, and that's when I went to bed at, like, 4 in the morning, so. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Dude, I slept until, like, 5 p.m. one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know that homeschooling is really responsible for that, but I think it's just something that's always been, that's always kind of been how I function. So is there, like, a specific time that, like um your school starts kind of or is it just like depends on the day school generally starts at started at eight it always had sometimes even earlier depending on uh whatever commitments um were at that particular time uh i mean some years we had uh extracurriculars out of school so we had to plan accordingly I know that for a long time, my littlest brother, um, he had chorus in the Bay Area, and that was a two-hour drive twice a week to get there and then two hours back. So uh, scheduling for those things often required changing the schedule around. But that's that's another example of the freedom available um, with homeschooling is that um, the scheduling is pretty flexible. And, um, I mean, nobody in regular school could have possibly... Uh, been able to swing that uh, commitment with uh, with the chorus group because it just would have been impossible. Now, do you have, you know, in public school, at least in the public schools I went to, we always had kind of a blocked schedule, basically starting from sixth grade on. You know, the first, you know, fourth of the day, you're with an English teacher. The second fourth of the day, you're in a math class. The third fourth, you're in history. The fourth fourth, you're in a science. Uh, did you guys follow a blocked schedule where you kind of had a subject you would accomplish in this specific time period? Or was it more flexible and free-flowing than that? 
I think it was fairly blocked just because that's what my mom knew and that's um, that's how I like to work. Uh, and my brother didn't like it as much, but he kind of made do because everyone else liked it. <laughs> and uh, I, <laughs> I like that's meet, the story of most younger brothers. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I mean, in this case, my mom also was um, thinking that way as well. So in this case, it's just coincidence. But yeah, that, yeah that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we usually would meet for math first, then English, and the other stuff would come later, um, but really, the, most of the attention in elementary school was focused on math and English, um, and later on, that would become really important, um, we'll, I, but I mean, we'll get there as we continue talking, but later, that's important. So, with your mom as the teacher... Did you have a lot of freedom when it comes to like doing homework or was she very strict about disciplining you guys when it came to like, you know, like sometimes you don't want to do homework. And if you're at home, the TV is like five steps away. (laughs) So was your mom very strict about that? Were y'all very disciplined about that? I'm just so curious about the relationship between, you know, your mom as a teacher and your mom as a parent. Oh, definitely. Um, honestly, they're both pretty much the same role. She was generally pretty disciplined. Um, and I, I myself, I'm a disciplined person. I consider myself that way. Um, to where I just did the homework. I never really, sometimes my mom would have to get on me, but that was only if I became distracted with something I was working on or whatever. And we didn't have TV in our house ever. Well, actually, no, that's wrong. We had TV until about 2007, but that was before uh, before we started homeschooling. And then uh, we didn't really have video games either until um, until a couple of years ago. I, I bought a video game console, but before that, we really didn't have uh, video games or that kind of thing. And um, if you're curious about uh, screen presence uh, around in my life at that time, I could tell you about it. Um, if anyone's interested. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, well, when I was about 12, I became interested in technology. And so I didn't have a computer of my own, of course. So I used to, on the weekends, get up really early to um, learn computer programming and all that stuff. So I get up at 2 in the morning on the weekends. Oh. And I'd walk oh, no. down. Hang on. Hang on. What? 2 a.m.? Yes. Yeah, 2 in the morning. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not kidding. When did you go to sleep? I went to bed at 8. Oh, no. Yeah. But that was only on weekends. Uh, during the week, I didn't because I had school and other stuff, and I knew that... Michael seems you know, so shook. Kinda... <laughs> I am. That's when I go to sleep. Yeah. No, like when you said <laughs> early, I was like, oh, like 5 a.m., but like 2 a.m. is like 6 late. <laughs> considered late (laughs) yeah i mean eventually my schedule shifted because when i started taking college classes it's more like like everyone else i have to stay up late to do some homework and whatever and that's just how it is but back then i had enough freedom. you know it yeah well back then i had enough freedom that you know i just decided you know you know what i'm gonna learn about uh computers because i think they're cool so i got up at two in the morning and i worked to seven usually when everyone else woke up um 
just learning about um first i started learning about just how computers work and then i just taught myself some code i started with java but that didn't work out so i moved on to um to the basic web stuff but that's kind of where everything changed i got a focus and i'd say that um discovering that without the pressures of academia really um really allowed it to be authentic and feel authentic. I felt authentic. It was very much what I liked to do and what I wanted to do, and I knew that, and no one else had to tell me. I just really, uh, really liked it, and I knew I wanted to learn about it, so I did. So, um, do you mind telling us about kind of what you're doing with it now, like around computers? Are you still coding? Are you doing like web design or? Oh, yeah. Uh, I started using Stack Overflow when I was um, 14, and I haven't written much recently, but I have 3,000 points, and I that took work, and I later stopped doing it because it was I find the site really competitive, but um, I I was surprised later when I learned of its significance, and then I work on projects with people at the college. And um, right now I'm working on a um, eBay web crawler algorithm, which um, which I'm writing in Python with some guys, and we're designing it so that it'll loop through eBay listings on a search and collect collect information from the listings to calculate things. It could be um, we haven't decided what the end game is yet, but that's kind of what the goal is. Cool. That's really cool. So I assume you want to major in like maybe like computer science or something or have you like you've probably thought about it computer engineering nice yeah well so i think i think that's really interesting and that brings up a question in my mind which is that you know you had your mom as a teacher for a good while in middle school and it seems like now as you're in high school your mom isn't teaching you anymore is that fair to say you're mostly taking community college classes oh yeah that's correct in fact by uh, by junior year, I wasn't taking any classes at home anymore, um, and the main reason for that is I just I felt kind of like I was limited being at home at that point, and even earlier I kind of felt that way. Honestly, I felt that way starting freshman year. I was like I would even consider going to regular high school. I was just kind of maybe I felt a little limited and like I had enough. But eventually, I went to the college and took classes there uh, for multiple reasons. One was it removed the limitations, or perhaps expanded the limitations. Um, and second, I had to, I had to get some classes that could be credited at, on you know admissions and stuff. You know, most colleges aren't going to just trust. Uh, well, this goes into like admission, college admissions, but most most uh, colleges aren't prefer not to have to take the parents' word. Oh like, yeah, you got an A. Because any parent could say like. Yeah, my mom could say I got A's in every class, and uh, <laughs> technically that couldn't really be disputed. But uh, taking the college classes, you know, that's that's important. And also, while I'm, we're on the subject, I mean, there are different types of homeschoolers where uh, there are some homeschoolers that don't really homeschool for academic reasons. Um, and those people don't usually excel academically because that's not what their objective is. Um, and then there are those who... Uh, you do it for religious reasons, 
Um, and then there are those who just do it for academic reasons or for other reasons. And depending on where the focus is, you have the people who either go to college or don't or who blow, knock the socks off everybody else. There are those people. Um, uh, there's a huge variety of um, homeschoolers out there because some of them, I mean, it really depends on what, what the objectives are um, when when homeschooling because, you know, obviously if the focus is on academics and it's reasonable to assume that the end result is going to be pretty good for college. Yeah, so I'm a little curious still, like, what is the difference? Because now that you've, you know, because you've kind of had both worlds now, because you've had your mom as a teacher, then in community college, you've had kind of like another person as your teacher. Maybe that's, you know, not obviously the same as us in high school, because the dynamics of a community college are much different than the dynamics of a high school. But now that you've had both worlds of having someone else as your teacher versus your mom as a teacher... What do you think are the differences? Do you do you think the community college professor was able to, you know, better help you because they are someone external to your family or something? Or do you think that it actually helped a lot that your mom knew you on a obviously more personal level? Well, I think that when I was younger, it was helpful to have my mom as a teacher. I think when I when I got older, um, the college was beneficial because then the focus was really just on the academics. And the professors uh, were experts or are experts in what they teach. Uh, my mom does have a degree, but she's not a teacher by profession or anything. And, um, you know, she did elementary really well, and it worked out. I think the college was really useful. It was a new chapter, kind of. I needed, the, uh, I needed to focus on those academics, uh, and that's kind of where I checked the boxes for college admissions kind of you know what I'm saying yeah for sure yeah so kind of on that topic like we are a college admissions podcast so can you in fact we are the college admissions podcast for the students <laughs> by the by students, the students. <laughs> oh gosh but um yeah can you kind of talk about what the process is like um like being a homeschool student because I know you said um you had to take some like community college classes just to like fulfill those requirements so can you kind of like elaborate on that sure officially i mean it's pretty gray with most schools about um about what the requirements are for homeschooler applicants um but it's a lot better to take college classes and take standardized tests in high school because um to get into um good schools um, it's like, uh, it's like having something to back you up. It's kind of proof that I really did learn something and that I did well. I mean, because like I said earlier, anyone's mom could just say that the kid got all A's or whatever. And, um, so those classes and the standardized tests were important to authenticate what had been done at home and, um, and pave the way for, for college. So I'm sure you took like the SAT or the ACT, but did you take kind of like subject specific things, APs, subject tests, um, like college boards, I think it's called Clio exams. Were, were those subject specific things 
uh, tests that you took? I only took the SAT. I didn't take any of the other standardized tests. Um, yeah. And the thing is, at least in California, I'm not sure about other states, probably other states as well, but in California, I the college classes I take, I get college credit for them. And I thought about it, and I realized that for me, it would make more sense to do the college classes than take the AP classes because, for one, the college classes are only a semester and they count for a year in most cases. So I could take a semester class and get a whole year of credit, high school credit. And second, the AP classes, you have to not only take the class for a whole year, but whether or not you get college credit is all dependent on how well you do on that one exam. And uh, that's huge stakes versus with the college classes, I as long as I pass the class, I'm going to get credit. So, yeah. So when, when you apply to these schools, was that through the Common App as well? I did Common App for the private schools. I, I applied mm -hmm. to the state schools, which didn't use Common App. Okay, so with the... With your applications, did you, for like uh, letters of recommendation, did those come from your like college level teachers? And then how was the counselor recommendation done? My mom was my counselor recommendation. <laughs> and, uh, and my college teachers were, wrote some rec letters. I also had some, I also, through, uh, through just relationships, I'd, made throughout high school. I had some connections and stuff, so I got letters from some good people. Um, and, um, and the other thing is, um, I just thought of this, but a lot of people in high school, to me, it seems that, you know, volunteer service hours and all that kind of stuff, kind of things that it sounds like you have to do, even if, even if you don't care about it. Um, but, I, uh, with homeschooling, it's more like there's freedom to do uh, more or less a lot of what I want in things. So if I wanted to volunteer somewhere, it's not because I have to do it. It's because I want to do it. Um, and I, I volunteer at the library and I started that a few years ago just cause I had a friend doing it and I wanted to meet up with him and, um, and that was a good way to do it. And, um, and this particular, it's tech help at the library, so you can imagine how that kind of relates to my interest. Um, and it's pretty easy for me, and I get to have some social interaction with people. Um, so I get something out of it, too. And I made, I knew the, the teen librarian, I mean, three years ago, the branch librarian was a teen librarian, so of course I know her really well. Um, and just stuff like that. See, because I, and she knows I'm I'm not there because I need the service hours. Because heck, I've been going for three years. She knows I'm there because I like being there. Mm -hmm. So on the topic of activities, because when I think about college applications, that's one of the most important parts. Um, and when I think about the ones I do, a lot of, or not a lot of them, but some of them come from clubs and organizations built at my school. So are there any programs uh, for, for homeschooled kids to kind of get involved in these clubs or organizations, or did you have to go out and find all of your activities that you participated in? I had to go out and find all my activities. Um, and I mean, I think the difficulty in that really depends on 
uh, one situation because some homeschoolers have a huge support group. I have a friend in Ohio who they actually do like co-op classes and stuff and all that stuff. They have extracurricular opportunities and all that because there's a whole group of homeschoolers and in my situation we didn't really have too many resources and we didn't there is a homeschool group here but it's not a, a very especially strong one so um so we didn't draw on it as much um but it in that case i think it depends on the situation in my case i had to look around and hunt around for extracurriculars and oftentimes though my extracurriculars were projects that i do on my own um my brother and i did some cool projects together um, we built um, Kinex ball machines on Instructables. Um, on Instructables? And, yeah. What uh, is that? Uh, it's a site um, by uh, sponsored or run by Autodesk. I can't remember. But it's a site where people make and post things, uh, kind of like instructions, projects, various projects and stuff. But there was a whole community of people on there who would, build these giant contraptions out of connects and uh and that's just that's this is just one example but we started building ball machines out of these connects pieces and we started out my my dad you know my dad was an orthodontist and uh, a patient of his donated some or gave us some uh her kids old connects collection of like six thousand pieces which was wow. a good starting place and so uh so we built our first machine and then we just kept building and the last one we built a few years ago was thirty thousand pieces wow and, um i mean you kind of get the idea these things are really big and and take i mean the last one took 10 months to build but um i, I mean that's an example of an extracurricular we easily spend uh you know anywhere from four to ten hours a week on that um I also later interned at a company called Ameridroid, uh, which distributes uh, single board computers, um, and that was that was pretty cool. Uh, and I I did that for a long time. I actually did that for almost three years, uh, wow. which is not yeah that's not a typical internship. Mm -hmm. Most internships, yeah. you know, it's over like the summer, three months. yeah. yeah. I would I, call that much more of a job. Like you were working for three years. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It was in that particular arrangement. It was kind of a gray area. I started out as an intern, and then I was later a paid intern. And um, so I don't know. I guess it could be a job depending on how you look at it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a gray area. That one. Um, and then I started swimming. That's another extracurricular. Uh, something that really annoys me is that I would have really liked to be on the high school team with, you know, all, where all my peers were. Um, but with the laws in the state here, um, I can't. They won't let. They won't let someone do um, do sports unless Enrolled. you're part of that yeah. school. Yeah. So, and since I'm not, I couldn't. But there's a club that that uses the same pool, same coach, everything. It's just different people, uh, different students. But, um, you know, I got my exercise that way, I guess. Um, and I, and I enjoy it. I just would have really liked to, um, to be surrounded with 
my peers in that way, and um, and that's that's an example. That's a disadvantage, I guess. Uh, one disadvantage. There's it is a little bit harder to find extra extracurricular activities, but that added difficulty might um, might make it so that it means that who the hunter looking for these opportunities uh, has to be authentic. It means that I really have to like something to go after it and take the initiative to find it. Um, versus in regular school, they're just all kind of sitting there, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, I definitely see that, right? Because, you know, I think in my experience at public school, you just like walk into a room after school and there's some club meeting happening and you just join it. Whereas it sounds like for you, in your words, you kind of had to search it out and find it and do it, which which I think is something very different. And I think probably better life training to teach you kind of the skills of being a self-starter, entrepreneurship, blah, 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 blah. But I think on the sports thing um, that, you know, I, I didn't do sports at all, obviously. Uh, but I did a lot of, like, academic... <laughs> Why do you say obviously? <laughs> Why do I say obviously, Dominic? <laughs> I don't know. It's just Michael. All right. Good answer, Dominic. Good answer, Dominic. <laughs> no, I mean, like, so, so, so with, like, just competitions in general, a lot of them are governed by, in Texas... What is it? UIL. I don't know what it stands for. University Interscholastic League. I think yes. Yes, sir. I think. Yeah, and so they're for public schools only. So private schools do their own. Also, situation. like you can't have them at magnet schools either. So oh right, it, it makes it more difficult. So the school we went to, we 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 weren't able to have them either. Uh, we'd have to go play it at our home school, and for kids that are traveling so far, it makes it. By by the rules possible, but practically impossible, unless you're doing specific individual sports, you have very understanding coaches, or your homeschool happens to be nearby the magnet school. Um, and so I guess my question is that, are there no like homeschool leagues for thing, like a homeschool debate league or a homeschool swimming league, or is that just not a thing? Well, I'm sure that's a thing somewhere, just not where I am. I, I'm in a small town-ish uh, you know, 30,000 people, not that big. Mm, fair enough. I guess one more question before we jump into like the nitty gritty of how college admissions were different for you is what is the social life like? Because, you know, you do some extracurricular activities, obviously, where you can meet new people. But for us, at least a lot of the social stuff in school was just chit chatting to your classmates in class when you were supposed to be doing your homework or reading, right? Mm -hmm. Which... You know, obviously you have your brother, but it's like not as many people, obviously. Like, and perhaps that's one of the advantages, small class sizes. But what do you think was the effect of homeschooling on your social life? Um, and I guess another question is, did the number of people you talked to, who you were talking to change between when you were at home learning with your brother and your mom and now when you're in a community college? Um. Well, generally, first, I'd like to say that I'm kind of an introvert, um, or have been. Um, so I'm not. Me too. Me too. I'm not the most outgoing person uh, when it comes to meeting people. Uh, but I mean, homeschooling—that is a disadvantage. There just aren't many social opportunities, and like you said earlier, I think that 
most of that does happen when you're in school around your classmates and since I mean I am my brother but that's not really it's not really equivalent at all and um, so I'd say that most of my uh, most of my social life occurs through my extracurriculars and um, and whatever I could figure out on my own which is fairly limiting and now that I, now that I'm at college uh, thing is being at college I I have some friends I've made but most everyone there is five and at least well a lot of people there let's just say a lot of people there are older than me um, mm, yeah uh, so I mean maybe there are maybe about 10% of the people I meet on campus are within five years of my age um, and when I say five years I mean five years older but um, it definitely is one of the disadvantages. So kind of with that, not having kind of like the typical like high school experience or that, did it play a factor in kind of what college you wanted to apply to? Did you look for like a kind of the stereotypical college with sports um, and just like uh, very basic or was there... Or were you kind of drawn to like a smaller type of school, similar to your homeschool kind of thing? I mean, the size of the school hasn't really bothered me much because I figure with a small school, I'll oh, get it. There are enough people. With a large school, I'll find my group of people I like to do things with or work on projects, whatever. Um, so the size of the school, I don't think has been a concern. Um, the uh, the the thing is, I definitely wanted to be able to do sports in college and have some of those um, social opportunities because uh, in some ways I kind of want to make up for what I missed out on and um, and those opportunities will help me capitalize on on it. I don't want that to be the focus of college. I want the focus to be on academics. Uh, that's what's really important. The social stuff is... I mean, that's important for, um, I think, keeping my sanity, I guess you could say. But um, but really the focus uh, is just working on projects, doing academics, that kind of thing. And that's what it's always been. But the social life is important um, just because uh, it's kind of good to um, maintain a healthy mindset and balance yeah, I mean, like, one of the things I think about when it comes to college is obviously academics are very, very important. But I think the other part of it is just, like, learning how to be an adult around new people away from every night spending dinner and, you know, post-dinner activities and bedtime with your family and doing that with who will at first be random strangers. So, you know, I, I wouldn't discount, you know, the the importance of learning social skills at college one of the things i always say is that there's a the reason why we call them social skills and not like social abilities or you know whatever is that it's a skill and it needs to be refined practiced, and learned um so i guess that that'll definitely be one difference for you between high school and college but do you think as you were writing your college essays in particular there was 
uh, I guess, like, how, what did you write about for your college essay, if you're comfortable saying? And do you think, like, homeschooling played an impact on the types of stories you told in your essays? Um, to answer your second question, I think that it definitely did make a difference. I think that um, my focus was mostly on the projects that I that I done and um, and how I'm different from the other applicants, considering that most people aren't aren't homeschooled. Um, explaining to whoever's reading my essay about uh, the benefits of having me as a student, how, what I might add. Um, show them what I know about their program uh, and how it's applicable to me. Um, in my situation, uh, my extracurricular interest kind of has become my major because I've been working with computers since I was since I was twelve, and that's kind of been a constant. And that's what I'm looking to um, you know do for my degree. And so I was able in my essays to do some research about what the schools had to offer for my for my degree and say like I'd be a I'd be a good applicant for your school cuz I found this program and I know that I could add something here. Look at what I've done here. I could totally um totally contribute and do something here. And yeah, those those were the focuses, I think. Um those were the focuses. Yeah, and I think there's definitely ways to talk about I think there there's a very truthful way of talking about your experiences in homeschool and high school to kind of like spin as really important reasons why you should go to the college, right? Some of the things we've talked about about you having to find these internships and find these activities instead of just being handed to them at an activities fair or by walking into a teacher's classrooms after school. I think those are super important traits. In, in any successful individual, but particularly successful college students. So I definitely see a really impactful way homeschooling can play in your applications and, and in your essays. So I think, it's, I think that's really interesting how you leveraged it. Yeah, uh, I think the authenticity of, um, I've been saying that word a lot, but I think it really does carry some weight in yeah, my absolutely. situation. Um, that's an advantage. Uh, that's one of the advantages. All right, this concludes our episode about homeschooling. We'd like to thank William one more time for joining us to kind of give us an insight into what the homeschooling life is and how that translate into college admissions. If you have any questions for him, you can feel free to drop that down in the comment section below the podcast on the website admissionsuncovered.com or you can send us a DM on Instagram and we will get it his way. Uh, with that, thank you again, William, for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Sure. Thanks.